Well, welcome to the Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. I'm um, uh, here today uh, with uh, Ralph Gustafson, who's giving me a look that he doesn't actually have a cup of coffee. <laughs> I drank mine already on the way in. <laughs> uh, Ralph is our, our senior adults pastor, and I'm also joined by uh, Sean Winters, who's our senior pastor. And, and today we're going to talk a little bit more about um, the message from this past weekend uh, that uh, the theme is really around shepherding, looking at um, Matthew's fulfillment of, of Micah chapter 5, uh, verses, um, I think you covered 2 to 4, if I remember correctly. Yep, I, I started with 1, because there's a little bit of the bad news before the good news, but yeah, 1 through... So, 1 through 4, yep. and I thought it'd be a, a good topic today to uh, dive into this this role of shepherd in the Bible. It's something that um, you introduced us to uh, on Sunday and it's a theme that we see woven throughout the entirety of Scripture. So, Sean, maybe just give us a little bit of a, a background on shepherding maybe in Micah and Matthew, and then from yeah. there we can branch out into some other passages that we find in Scripture. Yeah, I've always liked uh, the prophet Micah. I love the, the letter that he wrote. And, you know, Micah's from this small town, probably an agricultural place. He probably grew up seeing shepherds. Um, the fact that he he wrote and he was in leadership, he probably had some sort of education, so he probably wasn't a shepherd himself. But um, when when God laid on him to point a picture of the hope that they had, he pointed towards a future day, and he used this analogy of a shepherd. He's going to stand and shepherd his people. Um, he pointed to the strength that God would provide in the you know the name or in the in the character of the Lord God Almighty. But um, you know, it probably was a Something that in his mind he could picture. Uh, he, he knew shepherds. He knew the work of shepherds. That there's this great, you know, picture of the role of a shepherd over sheep, and that's often used as an analogy of God over His people. And so that's what he points to, and that's what Matthew then picked up in, you know, in, in his um, story of the birth narrative. So um, I, I, I loved just kind of pondering this week, looking at sheep and shepherding and. While I've never been a shepherd, um, when I was a kid, we had a couple sheep. And so I know just enough about sheep to know that they're very frustrating. <laughs> and and uh, they, they tend to wander and they're hard to lead. And, um, and, and boy, that's very apt for you know, my own life. And, and as I have thought, as my role of an under-shepherd for the sake of the kingdom. Anyway, so that's kind of where I went. And I hit on some of the things from shepherding. Mm-hmm. Ralph, why, uh, you know, thinking of some passages in, in Scripture where we see, uh, you know, shepherds playing a, a prominent role, you know, sometimes metaphorically. Why, why, do, in your experience, why do you think the biblical writers emphasize this role of shepherding? Uh, that's a great question, Tucker, because I've wondered why, why not the role of farming? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus talked about the seed and about plants and the mm-hmm. trees. So why not? Why not that image, or why not the image of a of a soldier? Uh, you know, he, he is coming to overcome the enemy that plagues us all. I, I think, and and the image of shepherding is kind of my favorite image of Christ. In fact, when I was graduating from seminary, a good friend of mine, Doug Carlson, just kind of asked me of of all the different images: the bread of life, the the good shepherd. What you know, he named several of them. Which one? Do you resonate with most? And I said, well, I hope that my ministry is one that's like the 
good shepherd. Hmm. And that's the one that really resonates with my heart. So when I graduated, he came by with a personal painting of Jesus holding his sheep Hmm. as the shepherd and Hmm. uh, hung in my office for many, many years. And when my son Jared was... uh, was ordained, I gave him the picture to hang in his office, and that's where it hangs today. But I, I think the the imagery of the shepherd both brings with it the idea of the common man, the common person, uh, that they were not the highly esteemed. They didn't have uh, any special status in culture that day, but it would be someone that everyone could identify with, uh, both from the the side of how shepherds lived and sort of worked and served to better the community by their caring for the sheep, but also just the way they fit into culture and society. And in some ways, you know, were kind of left out on the edges. They weren't the ones that were quickly embraced by culture, by society. And uh, there are many who uh, are in that position. In fact, what did Jesus say? He came to seek and to save the lost. And, of course, there's the story of the lost sheep and mm-hmm. how the shepherd goes out to, to get the one, even though he has to leave the other 99 behind. So I think, particularly in that culture, it would have been a highly relevant uh, concept, an image for them to grab hold of and, and to understand. And so um, that's sort of where I come out in terms of thinking why the— Biblical writers were led by the Spirit to draw a focus on the Im- image of the shepherd. I've got a uh, favorite passage. Um, I've gone to this a lot, but in Psalm 78, beginning verse 70 through 72, it says, He chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending sheep, he brought him to be shepherd of the people Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and skillful hands he led them. And uh, I've often thought, hey, I want to write a book someday called Integrity of Heart, Skillful Hands. And then uh, a few years ago, I found it's already been written. Um, It's uh, out of (laughs) Dallas Theological Seminary, and and a bunch of people contributed. But you can reuse a title so I can still write the book. But I just love this picture. So David was a shepherd, and God took him from sheep pens (laughs) and then said, hey, there's something you learned there. So it's this protection. It's this care. It's this... You know, that the sheep know the shepherd's voice and the shepherd knows the sheep. And so there's something in that process and that training ground that served David well. And God said, I took him from there, but he's still doing the same thing. And so there's that transferable, you know, <laughs> even today in our modern world, there's something about a shepherd and sheep that makes sense in relationships, makes sense in church community, makes sense, I think, in family life. Uh, you, when you mentioned that uh, you know shepherds, uh, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Yeah. The uh, when I was studying in Israel for a time, we went on a, a field study in southern Israel and at a biblical city known as Arad, which is pretty close to Beersheba. Which you know, for those who know their Old Testament history, is uh, one of the cities in connection with Abraham. And as we were at Arad, we, I noticed a shepherd out in the field with his sheep and making these very strange noises coming from the shepherd. At first I thought, this is the sheep, but no, these noises were coming from the shepherd. And the sheep would come and gather hmm. around the shepherd. And it made me think of when Jesus says, you know, the, um, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And 
Um, I've heard you know stories where you know two shepherds will will meet and their you know their sheep intermingle and mix, and when the shepherds go on their way, they they make their own distinctive calls, mm. and the sheep uh, know their the shepherd. sound of their shepherd. Yeah, um, and I think it's a it's a vivid example of uh, what you were saying, what Jesus says in in the Gospel of John. So. Yeah. Um, one passage that I like to go to is Ezekiel chapter 34, and I think the New Testament draws on this in many instances, but this is God's indictment of the shepherds, specifically the, the kings, for failing to shepherd their sheep well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at uh, verse 11, Ezekiel 34, 11, this is what the Lord God says, see, I myself will search for my flock and look for them as a shepherd looks for his sheep on the day he is among his scattered flock, so I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and total darkness. And, you know, we come to the Gospel of John, John chapter 10, where Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. Uh, I have to imagine that, you know, an audience hearing that would have remembered passages like Ezekiel 34, where God promises that he himself will mm-hmm. shepherd the sheep. And it's coming on the heels of an indictment of those who are supposed to be shepherding, yeah. right? Those who are in leadership of the people and yeah. spiritual leadership were were um, falling down at the job. They weren't doing what they should be doing. Yeah, and God, you know, confronts them on that, and then says, "There's a point where I'm going to just come and yeah. take over because you're not getting it done." One of my Old Testament professors at Bethel uh, said that uh, you know the office was too big for the person. As mm. we look at these Old Testament kings. Mm. Uh, yeah. David Howard, and um, I think that's a, it's a fitting way of s- describing it because here yeah. we have someone in the New Testament then who comes along uh, who completely fills uh, everything that the office of shepherd uh, longed for um, in the person of Jesus. Well, it's intriguing to think that a king, you know, that position might be too big for a person, but, you know, shepherd, you ah, anybody can do that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in this case, um, it's like, no, even the, the role of shepherd yeah. is, is too big for the person on our own strength, yeah. in our own resources, in our own power, that, that we need God. We need the presence of the Spirit. We need Jesus Christ to help yeah. us to be under shepherds. And I, I really want to stress that we're under shepherds. Christ is the shepherd, yeah. right? God comes in Ezekiel to, to shepherd his people, but we have a role. We're, we're sheep, but we're also to be under shepherds. Yeah, we're hybrid. We're hybrids in that way. We're, we're <laughs> kind of a messy sheep lot. Sheep shepherds, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Ralph. Well, I, you mentioned John 10, and that has always been a real special passage to me. And tied in with the idea of being the good shepherd there in the beginning of chapter 10, uh, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Mm-hmm. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out of all out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Again, you were mm-hmm. emphasizing that, but also the image of the shepherd sleeping in the gate, yeah. sleeping there in the easiest way to enter in. Yeah. And so as a under-shepherd, I've always tried to keep in mind that there's a certain element of 
protection. There's a certain under the guidance and filling of the Holy Spirit where it's my responsibility mm -hmm. to make sure that there aren't these thieves who come in to rob and, and destroy. Yeah. And I, I think that also is part of the reason why this imagery of the shepherd was, was used so frequently in Scripture. People could re relate to that about the, the shepherd. How do we draw some application for our context? Because, you know, living in, you know, the suburbs, the cities, I mean, we don't, there's not a lot of, not a lot of sheep. There's, there's that we not encounter. a lot of flocks of sheep in my neighborhood. No. <laughs> um, but how do we draw some application? You know, most of our listeners, probably many of our listeners, if not all, are not in uh, vocation, pastoral vocational ministry, but they still are ministers. Mm -hmm. uh, of the gospel, whether that be to their families or their small groups, how can they draw some application from these passages on shepherding for their own context? That's really good. And I, and I think, you know, coming out of the passage you read there about the day God will come and shepherd his people in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Just a fantastic psalm. It's, it's familiar it's comfortable, and yet, man, there's it's rich. There's so much in there about um, seeing God, experiencing God, walking with God as our good shepherd who um, leads us to green pastures and leads us beside cool waters and mm -hmm. walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death and the presence of our enemies. All, all of these things that are just so relevant, mm -hmm. um, and, and we need that good shepherd. And so, you know, I think my first application would be to see God and experience God and um, and pray into this idea that that I need a shepherd and God, you're my good shepherd. Yeah. I, for me, I think it has some powerful applications for parents. I, I think both a mother and father need to see themselves in that role of being a shepherd, yeah. where they are seeking in all the ways they can to give proper attention and protection to their sons and to their daughters yeah. of uh, – thinking about the responsibility, even taking the gate analogy of what are we allowing into our home? What mm -hmm. are we permitting yeah. to come into the home and how that might impact both us, but yeah. also the children that are a part of our household? And so thinking about, too, the, the care, the, the uh, attention, the gentleness. Uh, yeah. When one goes astray, when one leaves the fold, of being willing to give up one's life yep. to go and bring them back in. So there, there is a certain, I think, motivation that we should receive from this imagery that we need to go above and beyond to see that those who are put in our care as pastors, we would talk about the church. Yep. As parents, we would talk about our immediate family. And then I think there's other applications if, if you're in a, a place of teaching, a place of leadership, how does the whole idea of being a protector, of being a guider, and of, of them knowing what we say and sort of, I, I used to always tell my kids that when they left home, I hope my voice resonated in their minds with regard to the things that we talked about. And so th those are images that I think from the shepherd work for me as, a, as being important as a parent and now as a grandparent too. Well, Sean, I mean, this kind of uh, resonates with what, what Ralph was just saying. One of your applications in your message was to know, to be intimately familiar with Scripture, to know the mm -hmm. Scripture, to read it. And so very, you know, similar to what you're just saying, Ralph, you know, when, 
when your kids left home, you hoped that they would hear your, your counsel, your teaching, your voice. And I think that can also be applied to all of us. Mm. Not that we'd necessarily hear your voice, Ralph, but that we would hear the <laughs> no. uh, that we would hear the scriptures, that we would know the scriptures um, yeah. well um, when we're when we're out in the world, when we're you know with uh, uh, you know with our unbelieving friends and relatives, that we would know we would know the scriptures well. Another thing I was thinking about is you know shepherds know the terrain. They uh, they're mm-hmm. out. I mean, both of you've been to been to Israel and have been out in the Judean wilderness, and you know that it's uh, probably not the most desirable place to live. But this was shepherding country. This is shepherding territory, and uh, a shepherd, a first century shepherd, would know every you know nook and cranny of that land. They would know where to find water. They would know where to find food, and so in our context. We need to know the you know quote unquote land so to speak. Um, we need to know the the challenges that our congregations or our small groups or families are going to face, and know how how can we bring the the food of God's word? How can we bring the, the that sustenance uh, to our families um, in times of greatest need? Mm-hmm. So kind of you know knowing the the metaphorical land of our own. Yeah. lives and context. I really, um, you know, yesterday we had a faith story of Martha Angeli and, and I, I didn't know her story. I had a little bit of awareness of it, but just to see that story played out and yeah. how fitting it was, um, you know, she got her first scripture. She got her first Bible at the age of 15. It was a new Testament only. She read it on a daily basis. Um, and, and then she, she went through part of her story and I'm like, man, there's just so much there, right? Like mm. she, she had to leave her country because of war. She went to Kenya. Mm-hmm. And then four years later, she came to the United States. And I just want to go, well, what happened between 1991 and 1995? Yeah, like, was yeah. she, you know, was she in a refugee camp? And, and what was that experience like for her? And this woman who has joy in her eyes and a laughter that was just mm-hmm. infectious. Um, and this story of faith in God. Boy, with the terrain that she walked through and the faith pattern that she said her father laid down and her grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a powerful story. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's it's that yeah, raising our children and pointing our kids and and again, sheep. Um, and we see in scripture that sheep are there kind of at will, right? Yeah. Like they're not forced to be in that line. Sheep can wander. Yeah, sheep aren't on. On leashes, sheep don't have, you know, they're not connected to each other with ropes. That they just kind of wander, and and the reason that they hear and follow the shepherd is because the shepherd is safe, mm-hmm. and the shepherd is wise, and the shepherd guides well. And again, so you know, our, our leadership of our families when they're little, we can pick our kids up and put them in the corner or whatever. We can yeah. <laughs> give them that time out, but. But as our kids kind of get into junior high and high school, it's really followship by choice. And it's a privilege to continue to be in your kids' lives. And so let's be wise. Let's be winsome. Let's be um, gracious in our shepherding um, so that we have that continued influence. I was just going to say, there can be some bad shepherds, too. I mean, <laughs> we, we've all seen some in our years yeah. of ministry. And so I think knowing what I'll call the scriptures, the shepherd's manual, in mm-hmm. terms of what it has to say about what shepherd leadership looks like, is something as well that we as 
members of churches need to understand so yeah. that if there is a shepherd that's going down the wrong path, leading the wrong way, that we, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the teaching of the Word, can discern that and be able to either enter in as uh, as an assistance and work with the Spirit to guide them to get them back on the right path. But yeah. we know of those who have not been good shepherds, according to what the manual here yeah. would have to say That's a good, a good shepherd reminder, does. Ralph. Yeah. Uh, and there's certainly plenty. Uh, there's a multitude of examples of yes <laughs> of uh, you know, whether those be moral failures or you know people that um, have set a, 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 a bad example in in leadership. Uh, it's is saddening, but I feel like it seems to become it seems to be becoming more prevalent, or at least. It's just more we're more aware of it because of social media or man. You know, news. We, this could be a whole different topic but but i i just i think the powerful influencers in our culture um that are in our kids lives right like mm -hmm. like what 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 is their message and where do they come from yeah um and and we are in a a battle that we don't have to be afraid of but we just yeah. have to realize that it's out there and the images the ideas the 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 world views that are being projected by some of these influencers and and the platform that they have is significant. So, again, it's um, it's so interesting that shepherds are used, right? Like yeah. shepherd is on the outside of town. They're just tending over some sheep, right? It's a really mundane job. And yet, when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, the angels showed up and went to the shepherds and said, you got to go see this. <laughs> and, and so these simple... Um, quiet non-influencers were the ones that were invited into that scene mm -hmm. and were so overwhelmed that it said they went and they shared their story. And so, man, it's, it's finding the right influences. You know, Psalm 78, 72, I just love that. Integrity of heart, skillful hands. Um, let's find people who have integrity of heart, skillful hands and put them in the way of our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Put them in our own lives as well. I want to. I want to kind of narrow in on this this idea that um, shepherds have to. Uh, we we should know the shepherd's voice, um, the chief shepherd, but that also as under shepherds, as you've been talking about, Sean, that we need to be familiar with the shepherd's voice enough so that we can communicate um, the chief shepherd's voice to uh, to the people that he's given to our care and to know the scriptures well enough to know how to help people navigate a complex world. One of the words that I think has been <laughs> used a lot, and I actually want to push back on the idea, is uh, that we're, we're living in unprecedented days. And we say that, but I think we have such short memories when it comes to history. And I mean, we're not in unprecedented we're not in unprecedented days. Mm -mm. Um, I mean, this is history has a tendency to repeat itself, and I think we see different manifestations of fallen humanity and sinfulness, regardless of the time period in which you live. And so, the challenges that we face today they they might look different externally, but are still just symptoms of a greater sin problem. Mm. Um, so when I think of 
you know, being being shepherds and uh, caring for our families, our small groups, our church, um, we're we're still dealing with the same. We're still dealing with the same issues and the same the same underlying problem, and the solution still remains the same, um, that of the gospel. I, th- I think, from a parent's perspective, in some respects, it's more difficult now to protect them from those outside influences. Yeah, I mean, if they've if they've got a phone, if they've got a laptop or whatever, their access to things that are going to be negative influences mm-hmm. far greater. I agree with you that there have always have been these outside influences that would seek to press their idea of what life should be, of how we should live upon them. Uh, but I, I, I have a great deal of sympathy for my, for my kids who have kids and, yeah. and the challenge that it is to uh, parent them and protect them from the influences that would be negative on their spiritual growth or development. I was reading a, a quick biography of a woman by the name of Marie Durand who lived in the 1700s in France who was a follower of Jesus Christ, and it was illegal to be so. And so she was thrown into prison and suffered there for 38 years. Mm. Um, it was awful. Um, you know, she saw women and children in the prison with her who perished because of the mosquitoes and the disease, and she was mostly forgotten. Mm. <laughs> and she had many opportunities. They said, if you'll recant your faith, if you'll if you'll speak against Christ and and the church that you believe in, then then we'll let you out. And she wouldn't. Um, she had family members who perished because of their faith in Christ. And you you know so it's just you're right. You read through history. Like we, we went all the way back and looked at Micah and the Assyrian mm-hmm. occupation and and the challenges economic, spiritual, all through history. It, there's been serious challenges, and it takes great faith. Mm-hmm. But we're not alone. <laughs> and that's where that shepherd analogy is. You know, it's a position of power that God has, but it's also one of intimacy. And I think that's yeah. what's so beautiful about mm-hmm. the shepherd analogy. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, you think about when you're out in that shepherding field, you the shepherd has to eat what the sheep eat. Mm. Um, so speaking to that idea of intimacy, I mean, the yeah. shepherd not only knows the sheep, but he's with the sheep and has to even eat what the sheep are eating. And apparently can't sleep at night, or at least find someone yeah. who stays awake. Yeah. Because sheep stay awake and wander. <laughs> In our closing time, what are some uh, thoughts you'd want to leave with our listeners regarding shepherding and uh, maybe just one or two applications that we can uh, challenge our listeners with? Well, I would certainly uh, challenge and encourage them to be in prayer for their under shepherds, those who have been called by God to give spiritual leadership and guidance and protection to their flock of believers. And uh, I, I certainly encourage that for our Calvary family with regard to Pastor mm-hmm. Sean and, and all of the pastoral staff. But Sean bears a burden in a greater way than all the rest of us do. We try to help lighten that load, but he bears the greatest burden. And so my encouragement would be to pray for for Pastor Sean, and for all those who are listening, for the under-shepherds that God has brought into their life. And and then also to make sure, as, as Sean pointed out in his message, that we know the Word well enough to know what God has called a shepherd to be and to be able to lift that up in a, in a personal way uh, for those that are part of it. Mm-hmm. And then as 
parents, as grandparents, as aunts and uncles, uh, find ways that you can exercise the gift of shepherding that God has given you in the lives of the children that we are seeking to raise mm. up in an understanding and knowledge and love for the Lord. That's good. Thank you, Ralph. Sean, how about you? What's an application yeah. or two? Um, I, I was just thinking about Luke 15, where Jesus uh, shared the parable of the lost sheep. And, you know, I know that in all of our lives, there's someone out there who we would say is that lost sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who we care deeply for. Maybe they're part of our family. And, you know, I think it's a prayer. Say, Lord, how can I be a part? Um, but, Lord, you care more deeply. You know, Jesus gave three analogies in a row, just saying, hey, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. So mm-hmm. God's heart is for them. So um, pray. Um, you know, ask God for wisdom on how it can be a part of it. And um, and we as a church want to be really good at finding lost sheep. And mm-hmm. so uh, pray that we, all of us, not just the pastoral staff, but everyone in the congregation who knows lost sheep, that we would be effective and that we would see God move. There'd be lots of rejoicing in heaven. Mm. I want to emphasize uh, well something that both of you have said, just the the importance of knowing the scriptures well. I think one of my concerns today is the not just biblical illiteracy, but that people are ignorant of their own biblical illiteracy. They don't even know that they're biblically illiterate, and they think that they know the scriptures. Um, but there's so many other shepherds' voices that we, that we hear, whether that be you know Fox or CNN or other influences on social media, mm. uh, that there are many other shepherds calling for our attention. Um, but how well do we actually know the, the chief shepherd's voice? Mm. And so my encouragement would be to, to know the scriptures well and commit it to memory, um, read through it. Uh, we're happy to help. You know, All three of us would be happy to help point to resources or tools to um, to help with that, but to know the scriptures well, I think would be my my challenge, and then put them into practice to be mm. to be obedient as well. well. I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I want to thank you as our listeners for for joining us today. Hopefully, this has been a helpful conversation to you as we've talked about shepherding, but then also some practical applications uh, for how you can apply this to your own context, whether that be to your family, uh, how to lead your family well, how to lead your small group. Um, or whatever context you might find yourself. If you want more information about Calvary Church, you can visit us at calvarychurch.us. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. We have services at both of our campuses at 9 and 10.30. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on future episodes, we would encourage you to email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. We would love to address those questions uh, in future episodes. But until next time, uh, we would encourage you to to know the chief shepherd and to to know his voice well. We'll see you next week.